What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Strange Crew Podcast. I'm Evan Money, and this is the last installment of interviews with Teddyus Pops. Anyway, folks, uh, so we appreciate you guys tuning in to the last two episodes. Uh, we're going to talk about young Teddyus getting home from Woodstock. So, Pops, how you doing? Great. How you doing? Doing good. Doing good. Uh, hopefully, uh, you guys don't get bothered by, uh, the fact that my mom's notifications are going, going to be going off in the background. Uh, anyway, so, so Woodstock's finished. It's over. Well, Woodstock was finished. Jimmy, like you said, Jimi Hendrix started playing around six o'clock in the morning. Now he was the last act to be on there. And this is Monday morning. It was supposed to be three days peace, love, and music. And that was supposed to be Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and then around, supposed to end around uh, midnight on Sunday night. Well, um, with the rain and everything going on, everybody, a lot of people started leaving, but a lot of people just stayed. I wanted to stay and listen to Jimi Hendrix. Uh, and I'm glad I did because, uh, you know, uh, he didn't last a long time after that. Uh, he uh, he didn't overdose in England, and uh, and uh, you know we lost a, a great guitar player, um, you know, and uh, but I, I was able to hear him live, and that's something you, that I don't know if you guys will ever have that same experience, is to experience real musicians really up front and live. I mean, a, a lot of the stuff nowadays is uh, is pre-recorded and and done done it externally i mean and with all kinds of effects and stuff like that and you know uh but the best to me i wanted my music to be pure i wanted to hear a guy do the stuff that guys buy 10 or 12 pedals now to do he did it with just his fingers and an amplifier and it's amazing <laughs> he, he had a wah-wah pedal and that, and he had a wah wah pedal, and he had a and he had a fuzz box, and that was about the only two things you could really say. Not tw- ten or twelve pedals, just about two, and uh, you know, and the rest was just him and the amplifier and the guitar. So, but it was amazing. It was you know, and we sat around there. Like I said, he woke us up with the national anthem, and we uh, we woke up and we stood there and listened to the show. And I kind of noticed around, looking around, there was a lot of people gone, because a lot of people were already heading home. Had to be home early, and this and that. Don't know why. Uh, so we got up, and uh, there was these guys that were kind of like promoters or guards and stuff like that. They were out there picking up stuff, and they'd say, "Hey, you know, we'll give you a meal and give you, you know, ten, fifteen bucks to get back to get back to your car and that if you help us pick up some of the trash." So you know, there was a bunch of us. We started helping them pick up stuff, and basically, it was for me. I I lost a pair of shoes. I didn't have no sandals or nothing. I lost my shoes. Luckily, uh, you know, I, you know, tucked my T-shirt. And, you know, we were there with just what you wore by that time because everything was just scattered around, just trashed. But, uh, you know, what I mean trash was just, just laying there and people just left it go and forgot about it. And they only carried back what they could carry back. And some were like a blanket around them and that. So, you know, you found clothes and stuff like that. And 
you know, and, and so we kind of picked up the cardboard and paper and stuff like that and helped them out for a while, you know, and it was a massive job, but we, we stayed there until, I'd say until, I'd say six o'clock Monday afternoon, late Monday afternoon. And we're thinking we ought to head on back to, and get back to my car. That's the joke there. Uh, so we started walking back, and we figured, hey, we'll walk halfway back. When it gets dark, we'll stop and rest. And, you know, get, you know, we, they gave us a little bit of money, so they gave us a couple sandwiches. So we started heading back. So we woke and got up Tuesday morning, sleeping on the side of the road. Decided, hey, let's go. We're not that far from my car. And so we walked and we said, this looks like the same place. And I go, yeah, I think this is the same place. I imagine after the weekend, a lot of things might have changed to look differently after the weekend, the whole weekend. Well, you, you know, either we were, you know, some of us were... Uh, Let's put it this way. We were in the right frame of mind because for three days there, we weren't, we were experimenting with anything and everything that people put around, passed out around you. They would come up and they'd say, here, hey, try some of this, man. Here, smoke some of this. Hey, take one of these. Uh, swallow this, you know, and, and you were pretty well, you know, and, you know, you trusted people back in those days. You knew that if something would go wrong with you, that the people that were standing around you, that they would take care of you. They really would. Even though they didn't know you, who you were or nothing, didn't know anything about you, they would they would take care of you. So we're getting back, you know, we were, I was standing there looking around and going, yeah, I think this is the right place. And yeah, uh, what's the nearest town? And then I tried it going back in my head and thinking that. And I looked around and my car's gone. There's no car. Now you got to remember, we. <laughs> I I, uh, I left my keys in the car, thinking if some some farmer needs to get down the road or somebody needs to move it, they'll move it and they'll never and they'll, they won't take it away. And <laughs> but I wasn't the only one in that situation. There were six or seven of us walking around. What? Where? You know? Do have you seen? <laughs> Have you seen a 57 Chevy? And I go, <laughs> people are going, have you seen a, you know, you know, you seen a 62 Chevy Bel Air? You know, so, and I had, I would go with, have you seen a Plymouth Satellite? And you guys probably don't even know those names because the cars are so old. But, uh, so we would go and, and, and we just started. And then I thought, man, Maybe I should call the police. So we went up to a farmer's house. I knocked on the door and I said, do you remember? And and I t described my car and he goes, oh yeah, that was, that. we didn't see that at two days after you left or Saturday night that they were gone. I says, do you know what happened to it? And they go, no. They said, really, I don't. You know, we saw it out there and we, did, we thought it was you moving and taking your car with you. No, it wasn't me. And so... The next thing I thought was the dreaded phone call that I had to make that I was afraid of doing was calling up my dad and telling him that I, not only that I had no way to get back home and I didn't have no money, but that I had lost my car. 
And I mean, and uh, so they called, you know, the, the farmer, this little guy that lived in the south, he called the sheriff and he came out and sheriff just says, it'll, it'll be months. If we're lucky to find it, it'll be months. You have the serial number? No, I can't even remember my own phone number back in those days. So I said, no, no, and I gave him a description, and uh, I didn't really have any ID or license on me because that flew out of my pocket. And uh, so the next thing, like I said, the next thing I do is I call my dad. And you got to remember, when we first started this thing, I didn't tell my dad I was going to go to New York. <laughs> I just told him I was going to go camping with a bunch of my friends and that we would be back Tuesday or Wednesday. Now, this is Tuesday evening. <laughs> and I'm thinking, man, you know, I'm thinking, how am I going to explain it to him? So I started talking to him, and he says, and my dad right away was not an angry man, but he was stern. And But he said, and something he always says, if you make a mess, you're picking it up. And I said, I am. He says, yeah. If, if you're the one that makes a mess, you need to, to pick it up and do what you have to do. And, he, and I said, and I asked him, I said, well, Dad, can you send me any money to get, to get back home or anything like that so I could buy a bus ticket or something like that? He said, no, young man, you're an idiot. <laughs> and you decided to go there. And do it on your own, so you can be, you can be a, a smart guy now and figure out how, how you're going to get home, on your own. And I, <laughs> at that point, but he says, I tell you what, you better be back here on the front porch of this house by Saturday. Now we're talking, we're talking going, you know, a little over a thousand miles, close to maybe even 1,500 miles, and no transportation, no nothing. So how, how am I going to get back? What am I going to do? <laughs> I don't have any money, <laughs> let alone, and I had a pair of shoes on, but they didn't match, so nobody was going <laughs> to. I didn't know if I was going to make it. But I said, well, I'll call you back later, Dad, but I'll let you know where I'm at, thinking that he would cool, calm down, and cool off, and that I would be able to go ahead and <laughs> be able to go ahead, and maybe he would, you know, kind of relent and say, okay, I'll come and help you now. But, nah, <laughs> I wasn't, wasn't that lucky. So I started walking, and we started hitchhiking. And back in those days, if you stuck your thumb out and you looked like a decent guy, somebody would give you a ride. Somebody would give you a ride. Now, you might only get maybe 10 miles or five miles or something like that. But, you know, you know, you might get maybe 50 miles, 60 miles, whatever the guy, if they were going close to where you're going. And not, not too many people want to go back to Topeka, Kansas. That That's the bad part about it. N not many Easterners want to go to Topeka, Kansas. Some, I think we were lucky to find, finally, at, after a day and a half of pushing their thumb out, we found a guy that would take us to St. Louis. And uh, he would take us there, but we had no money to eat or nothing like that. So I mean, we started we started walking and we hitchhike. We go into go into a couple of truck stops, 
and we would do sponge baths out of the out of the sink and stuff like that, wash our face. And of course, we didn't shave or hair haircuts because that was not, the for us uh, in our generation. And we want to stay away. That's the establishment to shave and cut your hair and use deodorant and all that. We just wash up enough and just hope it wouldn't, you know, the, so the stink wouldn't, you know, wouldn't burn us down or, but, or get us offensive. We wouldn't be, be offended by our own stink. But, you know, but we, you know, we, we did it. And, you know, sometimes I just, we go into these truck stops and say, hey, you know, ask them if there was something we could do to, Maybe get a get a meal and and a little extra cash and stuff like that. And a couple places said, "Yeah, sure, you can go over here." Some of them have made us clean out grease traps, and some of us made us wash dishes like unbelievable. Then we'd be out there on the road again, saying, "Hey, I got to get back, and it's getting to be Friday." And I'm thinking, I'm never gonna make it. Made it to St. Louis by Friday. Luckily, I found a guy that was gonna head off and was going to turn off in Kansas City, taking an I-70, going to turn off in Kansas City, go south, no way to get to Topeka. Close enough that I knew some people in, in, in Kansas City and trying to get them, convince them to take me back home was like unbelievable. And, it, it, you know, I just couldn't get them. Oh, no, I got something else to do. Oh, no, I'm out here. Oh, man, I, I'm, you know, I can't do this. I'm going to a concert. I'm going to do this. And I'm thinking, ah, if I don't get back on that porch, <laughs> my dad is going to kill me. <laughs> Maybe I should just stay out here. But I thought, no, I got to get home. I got to get home. And <laughs> uh, so I finally found a couple of people that would take me into the outskirts of Topeka. And I walked the last five miles by myself. Those five miles were the hardest five miles I had to walk. Because I knew every step I got closer. I mean, now let's, I, I'm, we're talking, now this is not, I'm not talking about abuse. I'm talking about discipline. <laughs> There's a difference between abuse and discipline. This is my dad. I figured my dad's going to smack the shit out of me. <laughs> I am going to hear stories. And if my mom starts crying, he's going to start smacking me even more and heavier and I thought, oh, man, I'm really going to have to face the music here. But I took those five miles. I mean, I was like taking half steps and going, oh, man, <laughs> trying to say, it's not going to hurt. It's not going to hurt. <laughs> Didn't have enough money to take anything to, to kill the pain. Thought if I could, well, if I smoke a little more pot or something like that, or take <laughs> a drug where maybe it would deaden the sentence. No. Made it on the steps, 11 o'clock Friday night. My dad was sitting on the porch, standing there, and just started screaming at me and then told me, and he says, and he says, what did you learn? And I says, uh, maybe to be a little better prepared and make sure I don't, don't lose my keys in the car and lock it up. Or He says, yeah, I got a phone call. They found your car but it's gonna to cost too much money to pick it up and bring it back home. You done lost your car. You're gonna to have to find your own car. You're buying your own car this time. And I says, okay, I understand. <laughs> but, you know, and I, after I got home, I thought, man. And he chewed me out. I got, I was, 
I, I mean, I was, he, you know, yeah, sure, I was 18, 19 years old. But when my dad said I was grounded, I was grounded because nobody knows how hard that man could hit. And I, I tell you what, if my butt cheeks could talk, they would tell you, ow, ow, <laughs> ow, when that man hit. And those were just half-assed. But when he was really mad, whew, he smacked my bottom, my, my bottom, my feet would go in the air two, three feet because of the force of how hard he hit me. So, yeah, not, not, not abuse. That was discipline back in those days. But it, it was funny. I just, and to that day, I, you know, to this day, and, you know, I thought, after all that stuff, and I was working on getting my car back, and I was sitting there and enjoying it and, and going on with what, the rest of my life, I realized, would I do it again? Damn right I'd do it again. I mean, I, you know, it was one time, I mean, for the first time, like I said last time, I mean, you know, everybody cared about everybody. You know, it didn't matter if you were black, you were white, you were red, you were yellow, you were orange. Everybody respected everybody. Everybody took care of everybody. I never saw that again. And, and and the thing about it is we were we cared about each other. And I just saw my son showed me a video of uh, the the new Woodstock they try to do and and it was so sad for me to see that where they were burning stuff and trying to do this and that. And and what was the only difference between Woodstock when I was going and the Woodstock that they had 20 or 30 years later was that in the Woodstock, it was us and we were together. Back in the new one, it was me. I, look at me, what I'm doing, see? And then and damaging stuff and stuff like that. It, that's really sad because, you know, at one time we were such a strong country, we could have changed the world if we'd have stayed together. Nowadays, I don't know, you know, we're like a bunch of lost sheep and we're, and we're letting people that have a different agendas tell us what to do and we're believing lies and that, you know, we're not looking at the best for everybody. We're looking at, we're looking out for ourselves, which I guess you have to nowadays. And, and the thing about it is, uh, I never, you know, it was, it, it was, it's sad to say, but you know, you guys are going to miss out on a great time, you know. It, and, uh, you know, the only love you guys have now is your mom and dad and your parents and your family. And that, you need you need to stay with that kind of love. Because that kind of love, back in, back when we did Woodstock, when I went to Woodstock, I felt that love, that kind of love, from 500,000 people. 500,000 people. And I didn't, I only knew seven of them, but I felt loved and respected and kind. But what happens, we get greedy and we start thinking about other things. So, you know, now I'm going to be 72 years old and uh, my generation, there's still a bunch of us hippies. We've gone from heavy metal acid music, and now a lot of us are just listening to the blues. <laughs> and we go listen to live blues concerts and stuff like that. You're also a big fan of uh, Ludacris, too. Yeah, right? I'm Ludacris, yeah. 
My chick bad. Yeah, my chick bad. <laughs> my chick good. My chick do what you wish you could. She could do what you could. That's that's my wife. She's so great. I love I love everybody, and I I you know I just want the best for everybody. But you know, you know, don't get angry. I just my advice to you: don't get angry, don't get upset. Count to ten before you you say something or do something that's going to hurt somebody. You know, unless they're hurting you, then you should go ahead and take protect yourself. But if we everybody would just stop a second when they got a little disappointed or angry and just stopped and look at that, it might be a better world. And that's all I got to tell you. It would be a better world. But that's my story. And I mean, there's a lot more things I could tell you. But, you know, yeah, those are the biggest things that I got from it. I mean, not very many people said they could go from Woodstock. I mean, there were some a few people from California and and Texas and Florida and all that up in Yasker's farm on Yasker's farm, but you know, I never, never thought I do. I never regret being the one to do that, no matter how much it cost me, how much I lost, because. Those are memories I'll, I'll live forever. And uh, whatever time I got left, it made me who I am. So, you know, all I can tell you guys is just be cool. Don't worry. Family's everything. You know, mom and dad aren't always right. You know what? They didn't get, they didn't get, when they went to school, they didn't get a book on how to be a good parent. And they'll make mistakes, you know, they're human. But uh, just, you know, just kind of overlook the mistakes and go, yeah. If they love you, they love you. You got it, you're lucky. Now you got something to ask me? Yeah, no, so uh, I know uh, as we've been going through this, uh, some folks have commented, which folks, if you guys didn't know, you could comment. If you're on the Anchor app, you actually can comment on these episodes. Um, and also some other DMs that uh, have been sent out to us. Um, some people had asked, uh, you know, were uh, were any of your siblings jealous that you got to go? No. No, you know what? No, no. My siblings weren't jealous. My little sister, now there was five of us. My little sis, My little sister was too young. And too involved with 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 her life. Now she's five years younger, so she was thirteen, fourteen, and you know she was just she was just trying to grow up. Uh, my brothers and sisters didn't understand. They were they're older, and uh, my brother he was close to me, but he's five years older than me, and he was. <clears throat> he was in love and he was trying to he was trying to be the establishment was trying to working hard and getting a job you know and being the best he can be and do i regret that that they were there do they regret not doing what i did i don't know i don't think so i think they were more worried about me than i than than i thought like, and you I, wouldn't, like you wouldn't land on your feet at some yeah, point. Well, you know, I, I, they still treat me that way now because you know, you know, I was the one that would, uh, you know, uh, 
you know, I, I always took the risk. I was kind of like the little black sheep of the family. My ass was beaten more than anything else. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the thing about it was is, is that, you know, I know saying, you know, I know saying that my, I think of my dad or my grandpa, I couldn't remember. He says, hey, if you, <laughs> if you, if you want to do the crime, you better be ready to do the time. Whatever happens to you, you're going to do it. It's going to happen. He says, and don't think you're going to get away with it because you never, you, at some point you are going to get, it's going to catch up to you. Yeah. And so, but I kept going, eh, okay, I'll try, you know, and, and you know, and I, I've gotten caught lots of times and, and, uh, but yeah, no, I don't think they really cared. They were worried about me. They thought I was, I was crazy, and and uh, because they were all, you know, my, I think my brother was into Blue Eye Soul, you know, uh, Righteous Brothers, and uh, and uh, uh, what you call it, Wilson Pickett, you know, and that kind of music. Where I was into more psychedelic, you know, The Doors, uh, you know. Uh, Moody Blues, you know, uh, Buffalo Springfield, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, a little more stuff, and then it does a Vanilla Fudge for, for the weird stuff and that. <laughs> so it was, it was a, you know, uh, you can look up all those bands that are on. <laughs> you can Google those bands because yeah. you'll see who they are. Uh, but uh, and you know, and that, but you know, I, I don't think they were really jealous. I, I. I got the feeling from my brother that he wished he would have done what had, we did a great adventure, but he he was growing up in a different time. What he did was like road trips with a, his buddies, drinking beer and going out and having. Uh, and for me, I, I never been a real big beer drinker, even back in those days. I, and even now, I just don't like beer because just you know you don't you don't you you drink beer you don't keep it in your body you just keep you rent it you just it just it's coming out. As soon as you drink it, it's coming out. <laughs> yeah. Amaretto Sours. Yeah, and Amaretto that's what, Sours. That's what you'll see us yeah. drinking. Amaretto Sours <laughs> or, or uh, I'll drink an Amaretto Sour or a vodka tonic or a margarita, especially a margarita. No Mexican cannot go through his whole life not drinking margaritas. They have a margarita every so often. Amen to that. That's true. <laughs> Yeah, you guys want to talk beer, talk to my mother. She'll, she'll, she always comes up with the crazy beers. Uh, no, uh, so a, a, another question that, that got asked was, um, you know, obviously with the, the Woodstock in 1999, um, do you remember back in 99, so I was only nine at the time, and I remember watching it live of them kind of trashing the whole thing. Uh what were your initial thoughts, if you remember, uh, when you first saw that come across? Because I know it was just sprawled all over MTV. Um, and crazy that they had more funding and, and better security, and it turned out the way that it did. I think what happened, then, the, the thing about it bad was, was the when we had Woodstock, we didn't. We didn't like the establishment. Okay, we didn't. We didn't care about the police, and we didn't care about this. And when our Woodstock, the five promoters that did Woodstock in our ages, 
went bankrupt and never recovered. I mean, they had to go broke. And even their backers and financiers did that. They went broke. It was a big loss. And, and the thing about, I think the worst thing about the 1999, they were so bent, bent on, let's make a profit. Let's do this. Let's, you know. And the, the kids that went in 1999 were looking for what their parents experienced. What, you know, mom and dad talk about this. They say things like this. They wanted to make it feel like that. But when you start trying to control it or make it better or do something like that, when you plan it and you, and you try to make it better than that, usually you don't. Who makes it better are the people that are there yeah. and do that. And when you've got people controlling you and telling you this and that and that, especially... In 1999, everybody was like, forget it. You're not telling me this and that. They're so anti-establishment and that. We were anti-establishment. But we said, we'll do what we can. But we won't give them a ground to, to come in here with, with guns or, or ball, you know, sticks and tase us and beat us. and Kind of the, kind of the mentality of we're not hurting anybody. Yeah. So what are you, why, why are you, why are you, why are you bothering coming? us? Yeah. Yeah, and, and and they try to control all that stuff, thinking that it was bad. Did we have a few people die? Yeah, we had a few people who died from overdoses and stuff like that. But the thing is, we can't have people over over. It's going to happen anyway. But the thing is, everybody was starting to look out. The worst thing was with the cell phones. We shouldn't have had cell phones because what I did at Woodstock, nobody has a lot. Well, maybe somebody has a. a a, a video or a film or, or took a picture, but the quality is probably as good as like what yeah. you would see for like Kennedy driving down through Dallas, yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah, you yeah. Know, low the, quality, you no, can't, it's low you quality. Can't tell anybody from, you, you, you know, they said that looks like you. Ah, I don't think so. <laughs> 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 you know that? Nah, nah, that's not me. That looks like some. Uh, that looks like an Indian boy, not me. <laughs> but you know, but that was the thing. Uh, so, but, you know, the thing was, you know, if we did anything totally out of whack, we would, we'd try to pick it up. We wouldn't, it wasn't so controlled. And, uh, nowadays we have people telling us that, you know, we're going to be sick. If we don't do this or we don't do that. And it's just like a, you know, we, tr we try to change it. We, Hey, we can do it this on our own. We don't need you. And, and, but the sad thing is, is that. You know, big money's trying to control us, and that's that's going to hurt us. That's going to hurt us a long time. Yeah. Well, and everybody's got you know. I mean, I'm I'm a prime example of this. Uh, you know, everybody's got something they can record on and capture with. So nothing ever dies. Every everybody loses. Yeah. You, the you true can, moment yeah, of, of yeah, appreciation. You know, yeah. You know, it's human like, interaction. You know, if somebody it this is a this is a weird. <laughs> Way to put it. Back in those days, if I peed in my pants, I could easily just brush them off, and nobody would, and 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 just say, "Oh man, I that's embarrassing." If somebody pees his pants now, there's five or six people taking a camera out and showing a picture or a video. <laughs> yeah, no, and it's definitely definitely bad, definitely yeah. bad nowadays. So, that's for sure. I mean, so whatever you did back in those days, you could. Did we get away with a lot more? I don't. 
we did, but in some ways we we didn't, because we knew better that we we knew our limits. We didn't we didn't want to go any further. Yeah, and that was it, you know. But I don't know. What yeah. else? Is there anything else you want to ask? No, I think that that was uh, that was the the couple that we had got quite a bit. Some there were some other ones in there that weren't really uh, you had already kind of gone through and answered there towards the end. Um, which I knew you were going to get to through the journey home and how grandpa would react. And Oh man. Oh man. You know, I love that man so much. Uh, he made me who I am and he made you who you are. And, um, you know, he, you know, and the, the sad part is, is, um, man, uh, uh, you know, it was, when he was spanking us, the only thing I got to say is when I was crying, but he was crying too. And uh, that kind of love just says, it's just, you don't see that much, that much anymore. So, uh, you know, so that was the whole thing about it. I was, I was really afraid of what I was, he was going to do. And I thought he was like, never going to let me have a car. He was going to be, never let me have another car again. But, you know, I was playing in a band, in a Kunta band, which is a Mexican dance, Mexican band that plays at weddings and stuff like that. And I was playing in a couple of rock bands too. I made a lot of money when I was a kid. I had a lot of money. I I bought brand new Fender guitars like every six months. I bought oh, I like well, Jaguar. Oh, Telecaster. Oh, you know, I'd go up and buy a new guitar all the time. And you got to understand. These guitars cost like $300. And back in those days, my dad was, you know, back in those days, the average household was making maybe $110 a week. Uh, so, you know, uh, I was, you know, I was really making decent money, but, you know, but I also knew that I, I made my, try to make my parents' life easier because I used to give it to them. I used to give, I used to keep 50 bucks because that's all I needed. And the rest was theirs, you know. Hey, put this away for me or, and I tell them, you need something, or you want to need to buy a vet, go ahead and pay for it. The car breaks down, you need tires for the car, hey, put, just take it out of my account, you know? And they wouldn't, but you know what? I'd, <laughs> I'd go out, they said, new tires, and I'd go over and I'd grab their car or keys, and I'd say, I'm going to be back and watch your car. I'd take it to the shop, and I'd put the tires on <laughs> they go in, and they'd send there, and and they would look at me and tell me, why did you do that? And I couldn't. And I says, because you've taken care of me all my life, and I'll take, I want to take care of you. So, yeah. No, and that's, uh, that's the one thing that I know, uh, being your son, has been passed down uh, to me is, you know, I got you. No matter what, whatever you, whatever <laughs> you need, I got you and mom. Um, no, so... Uh, well, thanks for sharing. Uh, we definitely appreciate it. Um, I know, I know you folks that uh, tune in every week uh, probably miss hearing Prime's voice. He will be back next week. Uh, quite a bit of stuff has happened in the uh, three weeks that we've uh, released the uh, <laughs> the interviews with Dad here. Um, so we'll definitely be uh, bringing that up and talking about it. Um, no, so, uh, yeah, we appreciate it. Uh, 
Any final thoughts you want to share with them before we sign off? Hey, just just keep it real and, you know, enjoy your life. And, you know, don't expect, don't look at what, uh, what the other guy's got. Just enjoy what you have because what you have is something that you can get. Not everybody can be a millionaire, but I guarantee you, you're a lot better off than most people. Because every day now when I drive out of this town on Wednesday night, I see a whole bunch of people standing there waiting for a, a box meal and that. Life could be worse. So don't just be happy where you are. You'll find it makes it easier on you. Take care. Yeah, folks. I think the think the lesson we've all learned is that open your hearts, be accepting. Whether you guys agree with people or not, doesn't mean that we're not all human. So, well, folks, we appreciate it. Thanks you for tuning in, and tune in next week when Primes and I get back. Uh, with a new episode for you guys. So we love you. I'm having money. That was Teddyus, Pops, Dad, Daddy-O, Papa Teddy, mm-hmm. Grandpa Ted, everything like that. And in between, you probably heard Xerxes breathing, heard Xerxes barking. Love that crazy little bear. And uh, we love you. Thanks for the support. See you next week. <laughs>